everybody, and welcome to the J-Rock Concerts Podcast. I hope that everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. Um, no fireworks this year in most of the country, but, you know, I just hope you got a chance to reflect on what this country means to you, whether it needs some change or whatever it may be, but uh, at, least a, at least a day for pause and reflection and, and maybe booze, maybe overeating, at least that was my case, but... You know what, guys? Happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. And today, we're super, super, super happy about this episode because, wow, what what a talent that we have on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Her name is Morgan Swank, Emmy Award-winning writer, director, children's author, uh, you know, production for major television productions. And, you know, she's been an extra in movies. Morgan Swank is one of these people that make Hollywood go. Morgan Swank is one of the people that when you are watching all your favorite shows on Netflix, on Hulu, movies, or whatever, these are the people that are making it happen, even if they're not on camera. Uh, I, Morgan is absolutely hysterical, guys. She is so, so funny. I encourage you all to follow her on Instagram immediately. Her handle is Morgan Swank. And um, look, Morgan has a fascinating career. She won an Emmy as part of a Saturday Night Live ensemble. She, um, she's been a writer for 30 Rock on a couple of episodes. Uh, the SNL um, episodes that she's been in have been classics, including the Fred Armisen, Courtney Barnett episode, or the unforgettable Ronda Rousey, Selena Gomez episode, which is a modern classic one. She's, um, she's, she was on Washington Spies, that great show on AMC in the production zone. She um, And now she heads Moon's Car Productions, which is a fantastic production company in Hollywood um, all, that, you know, deals a lot with, like, uh, gender diversity projects and, and equality issues. So, you know, she's a very busy, multi-talented uh, talent. And as you're going to see in the interview, she is hilarious, so smart, and it, it was really just one of, the, one of the best. It was a pleasure to have her on the show. We hope to have her again. Um, recently, you know, we've had a couple of guests that are connected to her projects. We talked to Julia Bullock, uh, the lead singer of the Foxies, and we had Ren Evans, the in-demand uh, music photographer. Uh, they both work with uh, Morgan for the uh, for the for the Foxies uh, video that that that, uh, that just there, that uh, anti-socialite, which is uh, also a great a great video. So that has some of Morgan's DNA in there. But overall, guys, Morgan Frank. Make sure you follow her on Instagram, just, you know, for educational purposes on social issues, to be entertained, and um, make sure you check out, if you have children, check out her book, Mort, which is a super inspiring book, uh, just about, uh, you know, being yourself and, and not doubting yourself for the future. So, anyway, I'm rambling here, but Morgan, we welcome you to the show. I want to thank you, everybody, for the uh, for the podcast commentary and the reviews that you've been leaving. I uh, really appreciate it. If you are new to the show, uh, make sure you subscribe um, on iTunes and Spotify and give us five stars if you can while you're at it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the creative genius of Morgan Swank. I'm great. How are you? I am. I have to tell you, I'm so stoked to be meeting with you. 
Really? Yes, I am because you are like such a creative force. Uh, there's, there's, it's hard to pinpoint words to describe how unique you are. But it's, oh my God, thank you. Really, but all I can tell like my followers and, and, and everyone is that it's awesome. And they should oh. immediately follow you on Instagram at Morgan Swank and wherever they can. Because it's nonstop entertainment with education, with everything. And Even my mom doesn't talk about me like that. So I appreciate that so much. <laughs> no problem. So what are you drinking, Morgan? Oh, water. Water. Yeah, I've only had uh, edible vegan cookie dough to eat today. So I'm trying to be healthy now. That's good. That's good. I think yeah, it balances this, out. Yeah, this whole pandemic has thrown off my entire body. So it's like you want chocolate all the time. Then it's like you should just drink some water for a while and balance yeah. yourself out. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, I feel like in April, especially everyone just kind of let themselves go. But Oh my God, it's bags <laughs> of chips in my pantry and that's it. It's like, what yes. flavor of chips? Can I have dessert <laughs> chips today? Like, what do I do? Yeah, no, I've, I've toned down on that a lot. Oh, Morgan, that's awesome. But listen, we have, you've been so generous with your time. You're such a busy creative. So there's so much I want to talk to you about. Go. Um, I'm but yeah, book. you're such a talented writer, director, creative leader, social activist. Huge, huge, great title. Capricorn girl, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just check so many You're boxes. not wrong. I'm not wrong. Listen, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So um, <laughs> honored to have you here. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about your life, your career, if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of done a little bit of everything everywhere, which is circumstantial by the industry and also me never really being happy in one place. So I guess I got started in New York um, a little bit over five years ago, working, uh, interning at Late Night with Jimmy Fallon at the time. And yeah. most of my friends now who work in the industry, I met there. Um, and I just kind of skyrocketed from there. I stayed in the Broadway video family yeah. at that time. So let me ask you about Jimmy Fallon for a second. You obviously, you were an intern there, but like you obviously, that's where you discovered you were really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of. Kind of like, okay, tell us about like maybe a couple moments where you were in the hallways at 30 Rock where people were like, listen, Morgan, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're fucking funny. You know, like, <laughs> like, were you, did you have moments like this? Um, not when I was at Fallon, really, because I was kind of like a lowly little intern. I didn't want to talk to people. I was like afraid of them. But as I kind of progressed, there was one moment when I don't even remember the joke that I made, but I know I kind of stood up to Alec Baldwin at a point and made, I was like, I'm going to make a joke to this guy and see if he laughs because he's intimidating Ooh. to me and he's scary to me and is like yeah. a very strange person. But we were <laughs> on the set of 30 Rock. I was working as a PA. Around, it was the same time I was doing that. And I made a joke and he laughed and I was like, all right, cool. I can stay here. I can do this now. It's fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to continue doing this forever. Um, and good. then I, I, when I was doing late night, I also had an internship simultaneously at Comedy Central and I was mostly doing digital media stuff for the Comedy Central team. So I worked, they had just launched inside Amy Schumer. Key and Peele was kind of like just getting to its peak because they had mm -hmm. that um, Luther and Barack Obama kind of sketch going on. So people yeah. were paying attention. And I was like, can I pitch some sketches for the Jon Stewart Night of Too Many Stars? Or like can I, the tweets. And I put them out there and like they liked them. And I was like, oh, okay. So comedy is hard, but it's as long as you kind of get people, you can do it. So definitely. So let me stop you there for a second, Morgan, because you're so modest, but like the stuff that you've thrown out here is so impressive. Like, 
I just want I just want I just want to tell people like you were a writer on Saturday Night Live in some classic episodes, including the Ronda Rousey Selena Gomez episode, for example. That is oh, kind of right. like a, it's like a modern classic. Like it's you just glance over it, but I just want to emphasize how awesome that is. Um, yeah, I mean Thirty Rock. You worked on a, on a great episodes at the tail end of its run, I guess, but like really classic ones. Oh, hello. That's my uh, child bones. Morgan's uh, cat child just popped into the screen. He might pop in a little bit. He's he's fine. He's awesome. He's a dancer for the uh, I've noticed. He is. <laughs> so, Morgan, that's fascinating. But but okay, I want I want to detour there if if you want for a second. Um, oh. Night of too many stars. Yes. But you okay? So where were you raised in Atlanta in Georgia? Yes, I okay. grew up in Atlanta, like my whole life, pretty much lived there until college, and now I'm anywhere money takes me. Sure, sure. Okay, and um, did you grow up in a creative family? Was it a funny family, a writing family? I mean, yeah, they don't have creative professions, but I mean, my dad raised me on like Mel Brooks and Saturday Night Live, and ah. I, like I grew up with that sort of household where they were like, yeah, you can pretty much watch whatever you want, and it's all funny stuff, and go for it. My mom has always been like, she's a cake decorator and she has the most amazing artistic ability I've ever seen in my entire life and crochets and sews. And so I was always in this family that like, let me do whatever I want, but I'm the only person that's like me and my family for sure. My sister and I could not be any more different. (laughs) So yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned your dad and Mel Brooks. So is that kind of like when you started falling in love with pop culture, if you will? Are those some of your first memories? I would think so. Yeah. Cause when I, when I finally like moved into the 30 rock world and was like, I'm going to work at SNL. That was like, this is my dream. This is the peak. I'm going to do this forever. And then when I started doing that, I was like, there's more than this. I want to script it and I want to do horror and I want to go off and do other things. But that like originally growing up, I was kind of like, I want to, I want to do that. I want to figure out a way to do that, not knowing how to do that. But yeah, my dad hit my whole family watching stuff like that definitely got me into that world. That's amazing because it it seems like from, from very young, you had, you know, what some people like Tony Robbins teach and everything. And he said like, you don't know the how, but you know the why. Yeah. And you just, you conspire with the universe and you make it happen. Mm-hmm. So that's Pretty uh, much. <laughs> no, that's really. I don't know how I make things happen, but eventually I'm like, if I want to do it, I'm going to find a way to do it. And I'm just going to keep going until someone tells me I have to stop. And then I'll find another way around that. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But because you're a pop culture connoisseur and I say this in the best of ways, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you actually make it into like a really intellectual and funny and uh, thought provoking exercise. So that's why I wanted to get to the genesis of that. But okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, cool. I mean, you kind of have to be to connect with people. That's, I mean, people get so, I think, fatigued on anything else. So if you can't find a way to connect with people that's just kind of in the veins of like the pop culture atmosphere, then what else are you doing? Yeah. Then you have to go to traffic and weather and then, and then it's all, and then you're done. Literally, you have to be 65 years old to find that interesting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my God, Morgan. And by the way, Saturday Night Live, I, I, I know what you're saying because uh, last year I, fi- I finally went after like 12 years of trying for the lottery. I went to the Chance the Rapper thing. Uh, he, he double dutied Chance the Rapper. I was and there. Were you really? Yeah, I went to the show in the after party. You were there? I, I was like in the, in, the, in the balcony, in like the middle, in like the front row. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I was there. That's, oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. It was it was an unbelievable show. Um, 
yeah, he performed and, and, and he hosted. He, it was Halloween. It was a Halloween yeah. episode. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's so funny. There you yeah, go. I went to just view. I was just hanging out. That's crazy. That's awesome. And it was so, it was so great to see like firsthand, like just how the thing works, like with, with, the, with the papers, with the Sharpie and, and everyone running in and out of the sketches. and How frantic and how small everything actually is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Correct. The hallways, everything. Exactly. So. That's so yeah, funny. It's weird her. in there. If you go and like you explore the top, like all the hallways to get from one floor to another from backstage, it's like a weird hidden, it's like a secret pyramid up there for the way people have to move around to get places. You're like, oh, this is very strange. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. That's awesome, Morgan. Um, I, I'm sorry to stop here, but you mentioned this after party. I find that fascinating. And I feel like the outside world has always like, it's like an urban legend. They started the night live after parties. Can you yeah. take us a gander, take us a peek, move the curtain a little bit into how they, how they operate? Sure. Um, I, yeah. Some of them I ha- are kind of insane. Like the stereotypical after parties you've heard of, they're like that. Then other times you go and it's kind of boring. It's just, you have the after party, which is immediately following the show. And it's pretty much like, anyone who is at the show that's tight-knit with the host and the musical guest and the staff, whatever, they can get in. You have to have the password, you have to know someone, you get in. And it's really kind of low-key. Like, you pay for drinks, you can pay for food. It's normally at kind of a sit-down restaurant area, so you're not, like, doing anything weird. And that happens until about 4 a.m., Mm. Um, and like, you don't really interact with a lot of people. You interact with your close circle, but then the after, after party, when it moves locations, it's like a free for all you're drinking tequila at five in the morning. And you're like, I don't, I don't know when we're leaving. I just want to eat pizza. Like, let's go talk yeah. to Macaulay Culkin. It's just like, <laughs> that's the after, after parties are when everyone has stories. Cause you're just like, I don't really know how we got here. Cause it's just been hours and you're tired and drunk. But um, yeah, like, I don't know, some of them I've heard have been really insane. And some of them are just like, it's a sit down dinner kind of at two in the morning, I guess. That's epic. You're so funny. And you did stand up, right? I did. I kind of had to do it as a prerequisite to get into that world, like to be accepted to get a job, which I get because I was like a nobody, you know, like I didn't grow up as a comedian. So no one knew who I was. Um, so my boss at the time in order to be like, yeah, to work here, you kind of need to have like a packet, like a solid packet. So I did some stand up for some time just for that reason. And then I kind of mm. was like, okay, I'll do this every so often to just kind of get some feelings off of my chest. Cause I was dating Republicans still back then. And I was like, I'll tell some <laughs> jokes about it, but I, it's not my favorite thing in the world. I don't think I'll do it again. Sure. <laughs> it, it's like very nerve wracking. I don't like telling jokes in front of old men. It's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the heckling and all that, right? Yeah, I have like so much respect for my female friends that are still out there doing stand up because girl, it is. Yeah, girl mm. power. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> That's awesome, Morgan. So, okay, so, so you, you, so after like, you know, you did the Night of Too Many Stars, which John Stewart used to do. If I'm not mistaken, correct me. He used to do it like yearly and it was like a, like a charity and he got a bunch of stars to do a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, it was a great night, right? Of TV. Yeah, it was um, a fundraiser. I don't want to get this wrong, but I, yeah, I think it has something to do with autism, but I could be maybe. very wrong with that. No, yeah, it, it was stars. Kind of yeah, it had like a phone-a-thon. They were giving off auction items and it just was like comedians, movie stars, anyone that you could possibly get. 
Um, and it was annual on Comedy Central while he was still doing The Daily Show. And I don't know when the, that was the last time they had one. Okay, so, so, I mean, long story short, New York, you, like, you're born, like, you spread your wings, you muscle it up with your comedic timing, and, and you go to L.A., right? Yeah, so, like, it had been three years of working in New York, and I was like, you know what, I haven't slept in these whole three years, I haven't really eaten food that, like, hasn't made me feel terrible, so I need to stop doing comedy, and I need to just go somewhere else. So I was working on scripted TV in LA. I did some work on the Mindy Project and I didn't work in LA full time. Like I was just kind of going out and working on stuff. Um, I also worked on Turn Washington Spies in Virginia, which was great. Like I love, love Virginia. Yeah. Um, and when I did that, I was kind of like, I want to stay in the South a little bit too. So um, when my... I'm kind of just skipping ahead. I was just kind of working on different shows. Oh, do it, do it. I mean, I love it. I love it. Yeah, because it's just like I, I'm a freelance writer. I get jobs where they love take it. me. My manager and agent are still in New York. So when I can go there, I do. But um, I worked on Mindy and Turn and American Horror Story a little bit. So I'm, I was kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm in L.A. and my company yeah. is in Atlanta. Moonscar. So, so Moonscar Productions is your company. Moonscar is my baby. It's, yeah, that's my company. It's in Atlanta. My partner, Blair Allison, she works on it with me and she just moved to the South too. So we're like, we now have a home with that. That's great. That's great. Have you seen her throughout the pandemic, Blair? Do you hang out yeah, with her? Um, kind of. The last time I saw her actually is when we did the Foxy's video and a little bit after that, like I think February or March, but it's not since quarantine, though. No. Sure, sure. It's been weird. And, and okay, Moonscar has a really nice mission. I love it, Morgan. You know, and it has a, a little bit about uh, gender imbalance, and, and and it has like a, a. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, I mean, at the crux of it, I know from my experience working in Hollywood, like getting a job as a female writer on anything is hard. Getting your content pushed as like female-centric content is even harder for some reason. I don't know why, like, networks have turned me down for having, like, female-centric characters and wanting to push, um, like, other non-binary writers and writers of color on other projects. So it was just, like, we need to create this community where we can kind of elevate those voices, elevate those writers, elevate those directors, do what we can. So in our projects that we pick and we push it's all like either women-based women funded women produced whatever we can do um and then if we can get women of color their voices especially native american voices we really just want to get those stories as much as possible so that's awesome that's awesome and we we skipped over an emmy award right oh it's not important that was through snl so it's kind of like i was grandfathered in i don't really consider it much all right all right well (laughs) internet she has an emmy I'm just gonna, I do. It's, okay. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. I can go it's grab somewhere. it. But. No, it's it's fine. But I, I, there is a great photo online. I will get it. That you're basically like in a bathtub with the, with the Emmy. It's it's epic. Yeah, that was for some. I think it was Emmy magazine. I don't remember who did it, but they were like, "What kind of weird thing can you do?" I was like, "I can sit in a bathtub with my cat." And they're like, "Perfect." Oh my god, so cool, so cool, so cool. All right, um, so Moonscar Productions, you did the videos for the Foxies, which we talked about. We talked with Julia Bullock a few weeks ago. Great video. Yeah. Um, your vision there was epic. Um, <laughs> and one of the things as well that um, 
that, that you did, and I read this two, two, two nights ago. I, was, I felt like I was reading, like, like, I don't know, The Odyssey by Homer. I read Mort. I read it three times. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Great book. I'm like, I think I was Mort. I think I am Mort. Maybe there's Mort in all of us. But, but yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to put some berries on my face tomorrow, I guess, see what happens. But uh, t tell me, Morgan, about, about more. Do you write this fascinating children slash adults book, inspiring mm -hmm. book? How do you come up with this idea? And it's so original. Everyone should check it out. You know, so I was pitching Mort as a TV show for Cartoon Network for a while. So I had this idea. I was like, yeah because Cartoon Network to me had like all of these weird kid shows that weren't really meant to be kid shows. And they had these gruesome animals and blood and whatever. And yeah. I was pitching it to television executives. And when did Cartoon Network become that, by the way? Because when I was a kid, and I feel like maybe when you were, when we were kids, it was Cartoon Network. And then like one time. Well, they I always had like the, like the real monster show and they had like Bill yeah. and Mandy. They have, they have weird, like death related yeah. content. And they had, um, what was it? Courage, the cowardly dog. Like they have weird stuff. Yeah. And I'm a weird person. Like I have a Ouija board tattoo. I'm a weird chick. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pitch a weird kids show. because I don't have that kind of thing. So what the book is now is not at all what I pitched it as a show. It was like very gruesome. Like he definitely ate one of his friends in it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> It still had like the morality complex, but right. I pitched it and all of these television executives were like, can you make this a book? And then we can kind of like package it. And it would be a great TV show. And I was like, I'm not an author and children's <laughs> books are like a whole other category of book. Like you think I can just become JK Rowling or something? Not that I want to be for <laughs> now, but like, you think I can just like become a children's book author and like make this book and find an illustrator and figure this out. And so I talked to my manager about it and I was like, I guess I'm going to make a book and I'm going to tailor it. And it's going to be a message for real life children. And it ended up being a really great practice and I'm really great. I could, I feel great that I was able to do that because then I could donate money to like causes which television makes it very hard to do. Um, Why is that? Uh, you know, because they like money. That's surprising. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out how to donate money consistently to organizations through television. Yeah. Just, I, I guess I could do it through like my fees, but I also don't know like the way royalties come in. It just, I don't yeah, know. I think the contracts, right? Like everything is like uh, percentages and like, all that stuff right yeah, yeah so this way I was just like well I can just give you know like 10% of my fees to this organization every single quarter when my royalties come in this is easy um so we made it I got it done somehow we got it published it's out there and it got a very good response which I'm thankful for and shocked about um and now finally that Hollywood's kind of opening back up we're having those conversations again about getting it on a tv show I've got a few networks talking to me about it so I'm just thrilled yeah, <laughs> it'll more be a great that. show it'll be a great show I hope so I think it would show. yeah I just want little kids to not feel so alone <laughs> Exactly. And the illustrator did a great job, by the way. She, she, she I think she really counted. Oh God. Yeah. He did such a good job. When I found him, I was like, I will pay you anything, whatever your fees are. I want to respect your talent. I just needed to find someone that had that like same Cartoon Network, like weirdness. And he yeah. was perfect. 
Perfect. Perfect, Morgan. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I want to finish off with some social questions, maybe a little serious, but before we get to that, Morgan, yeah. I also love that like you've been in, it's like you like being an extra in these quirky roles. Um, it, it, it's, it's pretty fascinating, right? Like, no, like you've been in some movies, like oh. it, <laughs> you've been in some movies like it too, right? Or um, Drop Dead uh, Diva. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, you were <laughs> Vampire Diaries. <laughs> so I was 18 years old. <laughs> Tell us about your, your filmography. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my very important featured extra work when I was a teenager, um, and I had red hair, and I was chubby, and you definitely won't recognize me. Uh, that, so I don't really have anything to say. I just, okay. I lived in Atlanta, and that's like a television hub. Yeah. And the thing is, when you grow up there and every single town around you is a fake fictional television town, you just kind of go and you'd be an extra. Um, So that's pretty much all that is. But I was like, I'm going to add this to my work in case anyone ever wants to find me and I become famous one day. Um, But (laughs) it's stupid. No, no, but but it's, it's, it's quirky and it's cool. It is, it's different. Yeah. I, I, there was a few things I was working on when I did my web series for funny or die. And even when oh I did the God, Foxy's yeah, we thing. Talk about that. That show was so fascinating. Like it, it, it was a home run. Pornography it's, writers. <laughs> yes. Morgan. Uh, oh my God. Like unbelievable. Unbelievable. That was so genius. Uh, they wanted me to do like a cameo role in that. And I was like, no, those days are behind me. I'm staying behind the camera for the rest of my life. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, you were in it too, right? Like, I, I'm just curious. If people want to find you when you get bled on, do you know like what? Oh, scene? no, I worked in on it too. Oh, I wasn't in oh, it. I did get oh, bled okay. on, but it. it wasn't me working on it um, or starring in it. I was working on the script supervision, like second unit. And I, <laughs> this is a fun story. So I was working on the second unit and the clown like uh I don't actually know if it was Bill Skarsgård or like an extra but Mm. um or a stunt double but they had a packet full of blood in his mouth and he came around looking for a bucket and he scared me and I scared him and he (laughs) and the blood went everywhere and it just got all on me and so I got covered in blood yeah it was pretty pretty sweet but I I was working I wasn't starring in it but I could have after that moment I was just kind of like put me in I'm ready That's awesome. Oh my God, Morgan, you're so funny. So you're so passionate about politics. And it's one of the things, um, I, I think I started following you through serendipity or whatnot, but, but, it's, but honestly, like, it's, been, it's been really enlightening uh, just to like, get some of your messages, and I'm sure your audience will agree. Um, because you do it in such a way right now with everything, with the Black Lives Matter movement, but even before you've been doing it with climate change, but you do it in a way that is really, it's not, it's, it's with facts, number one. But number two, you use pop culture to you use your creativity to grab the attention, to really meld it in. Um, so good job in that regards. But, I want, but I want to ask you uh, if you think this time, it's what, if it's different, what's different about this, this time in our history? It feels different. It feels different. Um, I think the most important thing right now is understanding like we're at a point where there has to be change. I think in the past, we've kind of recognized like there's a problem, but we haven't really cared as much. And now it's like, we're at a point where there's 
just this overwhelming need of less reform and more abolition, which has needed to happen for a while because we're not recognizing people's voices. We're not recognizing actual humanitarian crisis going on. Yeah. So in terms of like how I address it to people and how I can kind of keep the conversation going in my point of view, my whole entire experience working with politicians and politics and my career and my personal life is through essentially satire. Yeah. That this is so serious that there's really no way to satirize like real human lives and what's going on. So I've been trying to find a way to get information and resources out without having to flood people with just words and stories and the same kind of things they're seeing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find that balance where I'm like, we need to talk more like actual change instead of just reform. Um, but using a way that's not like just draining people of their life when I bring it up. So I don't know. And I, I feel like as a person with somewhat of a platform, which is crazy to think about that I, it's my responsibility. Like, why would it not be? I can't, yeah. I can't be silent about things that I have no reason to be silent about. So, and I'm constantly learning too. So it's just a place for me to read and reshare and learn and put into my own words as well. God, that's yeah. It, it's been awesome, and thank you for doing that. Um, well, we, we we've been over time, but, but let me finish with some music questions because this has been super fun. And just to bring it up to theme, I saw in some of your posts and everything that you saw Jan- Janelle Monae. Uh, I saw that same tour. She's a queen. What a great, what a great performance. Oh my God. So I'm curious what shows or what concerts like have struck a chord with you throughout your life, maybe your first show or, or, or musical moments as a music fan where you've been like, damn, this is special. Um, okay. I've seen Paul McCartney play like six times, which awesome. like normally old white men don't do it for me, but oh, <laughs> My God, I cry every single well, time. Beetle. I think he's a different kind of older white man. He just yeah, up. and like this last time I saw him at Dodger Stadium and I took Blair, my Moonscar partner, and he brought out Ringo and he brought out Joe Walsh and he, I was just like bawling. Just oh, that's epic. Yeah, 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 just amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, Janelle was crazy. Um, I, I saw Maggie Rogers recently and I've been wanting to see her play for a while, but mostly because my friend Ren, who you've recently talked to, yeah, yeah, yeah. was there taking photos and videos and it was like a proud mom moment to see mm-hmm. her doing that at uh, Radio City to a sold out show. And then the show itself was like very moving. And I was just like this, I, I hadn't been to a show quite like that before. Yeah. So very, um, very energetic, huh? The, uh, so Rogers. energetic. Oh like, my God. What is she drinking? <laughs> not my like plain ass tap water that I've got <laughs> going on at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, those are the last few ones that I, I can think of. I haven't been to a show in so long because, you know, global pandemic and all, but yeah. I'm seeing the Foxies play tonight in the live stream and I'm pretty excited to pretend that that's live. Yeah. I know. I know that that's, that's going to be good. If, if, if anyone, uh, I mean, we're going to put this after, but I hope people also get a chance to listen to the Foxies. Yeah. Oh, definitely, Morgan. Well, my God, you've been so generous. Listen, all I can say as we finish up is beyond the politics, which I already thank you for doing, but you know, that's obvious. I want to thank you because your creativity is the type of creativity that is not obvious in Hollywood. It's not obvious to the, to the, to the, to most people. They just see the actors or maybe the director or the producer, but people like you are, are the lifeblood of like what makes us laugh of what entertains us 
of what uh, inspires us. Like everything you've done is hilarious. There's a magic to it. It's thought provoking. And uh, I, I mean, what can I say? I just want to thank you because I love to consume everything you've done. And, and you, it's only uphill from here. You're, you're, the, the future is so bright for you. And I am so excited to follow you. Thank you so much. And I love everything you do. I'm going to send you the biggest gift basket after this. You're so, <laughs> oh my God. so amazing. No, no, it's fine. Thank you so much. I, I, listen, when you win your next uh, Emmy or, or whenever we get back to normal or whatever, we got to do this again. Yeah, of course. Just give me a call and I will answer you. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day, okay? You too. Bye-bye.